Hey everybody, welcome back to Somebody Save Us, Revisiting Smallville, a show where we dissect every single episode of the TV series Smallville. I'm Paul. No, wait, I'm Steve. Jesus Christ. Let's stop that. And <laughs> no, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. We're not. Fuck it. Whatever. Fuck it. We're alive. Not who I am, apparently. I'm Steve. <laughs> He's Paul. Oh my god, it's been a long day. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to bring you the episode right after this. Somebody say, All right, hey Paul, how you doing? <laughs> uh, not too bad, Steve. Okay. Yeah, thanks. So today we're doing episode five of Smallville season one. The episode is titled Cool. Uh, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, so uh, it was written by Michael Green, who also did uh, Green Lantern, the movie. Um, you know, I think we talked a little bit off off air about that, uh, you know, about be, it being bad, but maybe unfairly so you might you might say um uh, I, well i i have i am of the personal opinion that it's not necessarily a bad movie as much as it's just a boring movie right Which but I then guess... he also go ahead th this guy he's also turned around like and done stuff like uh logan and blade runner 2049 and a few other things but those are the things that kind of hopped out to me and then uh directed by uh jim Connor, which he did a bunch of enterprise and Buffy and Angel. Oh, nice. Um, so, big fan of Enterprise, so cool. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Logan, you got to give him props. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, we we, uh, we kind of, uh, we start underwater, and we're looking at some meteor rocks. But uh, we come above the surface, and we're kind of at, like, a frozen lakeshore. Uh, I assume maybe this is Crater Lake or something like that. Um, and, uh, it, it appears to be some kind of, uh, high school bush party going on, which a little weird to me because as someone who grew up in a place where it's like very cold outside for a good half of the year, mm -hmm. I have never gone to like an outdoor party when it's sub-zero temperatures and it has to be sub-zero temperatures because there's a good foot of ice yeah. on that lake. So like, and, and all these kids are wearing like just their varsity jackets. Right. I'm very confused about the weather in Smallville. How cold yes. does it get in Kansas? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I think in winter it gets wintry, of course, but I don't think it's crazy like up here. But, um, the thing that, that was weird to me is like, was it sort of like weather that hit suddenly? Because if that's the case, then there shouldn't be that much ice, but also it kind of leads us to think that maybe like time um in terms of when the show was airing and when the show like the episode itself shows the actual time of year so it's like november right it's early november in kansas mm -hmm. that's fair and i mean they did shoot the show was shot uh in and around uh mostly vancouver british columbia canada uh they dipped into uh, alberta every once in a while uh, if I remember correctly, I believe they did because the X-Files did it all the time as well. Um, right. And if not this episode, but the next episode, you clearly see uh, condensation coming out of people's mouths when they talk. So it was obviously getting cold. Yeah. Uh, so I can see them matching the weather in BC for Kansas. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it can be done. Depending on where you are at in BC, you can drive from snow and ice to just kind of rainy weather yeah. in like a few hours. Oh, so, yeah, easily. Yeah, so anyway, we, uh, we, we, uh, we see Clark and Chloe showing up to the party, and it was like, I guess, her idea to show up there. Clark just kind of came along with, and she's kind of talking about how cold it is, but he's just doesn't think so and she makes a crack about what are you from an ice planet which felt a little forced yeah like it, they're still doing that 
<laughs> yeah, but but I mean, uh, it, again, if if they're because they're still kind of doing um like cool little nods to the uh, Richard Donner Superman films because right. uh, Richard Donner's um, Krypton was very much was, an ice planet. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was sort of like it, it could have been it could have been Krypton. It could have been the North Pole. Who's who's to say? He could be Santa's <laughs> illegitimate bastard son. You don't know. Yeah, could be. I mean, uh, it's it's in my head canon now. What what are you going to do? The, it would explain the magical yeah. powers. But they they kind of split up. Uh, Chloe just says she's going to go sit by the fire, and uh, uh, kind of one of the jocks comes over and asks uh, Clark if he wants to or if he knows what Chloe's situation is, and Clark tries to kind of warn him off. But uh, Sean indeed does try to get try some lines on Chloe, and somehow she gives up her number. And they're horrible. There's, it's like this dude's gross. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, I can't remember what the first. Oh, she's rubbing her hands. She's like, I can rub those for you if you want. Which okay, a little creepy, a little weird, but maybe not a horrible opening line. But she yeah. says something to clap back at that, and then his next line is, um, well, you know, nothing warms a body like, or nothing warms like body friction. Like yeah. what? What? Just not, just not getting it. <laughs> like, gross. Like, but the the weird thing is though is you can tell like it's doing that TV thing, that early two thousands, late nineties thing where she's like, he's almost doing like game theory on her, like not really negging, but like he's really getting creepy, and she's somehow attracted to it. Well, I, I, a little bit. Point- at this point in the show, you kind of get the feeling that Chloe maybe doesn't uh, a number not doesn't get a lot of attention, right? So, and I mean, later in the show, she actually says that she finds him cute. So, and you're right; yeah. he's not necessarily like nagging on her or anything. He is just being, and he's not even being overly forceful. To be completely honest, he's just weird. Just yeah. the things that are coming out of his mouth are weird. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, whatever. But at the, she she caves at some point. She's like, all right, you know what? What do I got to lose? He might be okay yeah. to hang out with. And she writes her number on his hand. Now, this is a uh, this is a thing from the past, kids. This used to actually happen all the time. You'd have a pen. Someone would ask for your number. You'd write it down on their hands. It was kind of a weird flirty thing you got to do. You got to touch their hand. You know, you got to like pay them a little attention, you get close because you got to do it. But it made me realize how kind of pre-modern technology this show actually is because not all these kids have cell phones. In fact, I don't think you see a single kid at this party with a cell. And and you had said something off air about how, like, this seems very also pre-modern internet. So... It's just kind yeah. of a weird, like, time capsule thing where it was like, wow, because my mind was blown. She's like, like, she's writing his number on her, ha- or her number on his hand? That's so weird. Nobody does shit like that anymore, because it's just give me your phone. Yeah, and yeah. And you type it in, or you just give it out, and they type it in their phone. So, very weird. Right. But yeah, so, so uh, they kind of uh, run down. Uh, he kind of takes off with a couple of the guys. They run down to the lakeshore and they're throwing the ball back and forth. Uh, Whitney's trying to get the uh, get get a read on why Sean's doing this, and Sean kind of makes a comment about it being another notch. But then uh, pizza arrives and Whitney throws the ball a little high. Sean goes out on the ice to get it, and we see him kind of walking out there a little bit, and he slips a little bit, and it's kind of played for a little tension, and he gets right up to the ball, and then he just goes through the ice. And he's like struggling under the ice and can't get out. And he fucking drowns. Like he's dead. Yes. He dies. And nobody notices. Uh, <laughs> nobody yeah. notices that he's gone yeah. missing. Because then the, it, it's clearly the next morning when like the fist punches through the ice. Yeah. There's like a frozen football. <clears throat> and then like the camera's kind of slowly focusing on the football. And then a fist punches out of the ice right beside it. Now, when he was like walking out on the lake. How did that play on the version that you were watching? Because I know you're watching it in four by three and I'm watching it in like a four sixteen by nine. So for me, um, he he came out on the ice and the ice looks like it's real ice, but he was completely dry. 
Um, he looked like they, they looked like they had kind of put some kind of fake kind of ice looking frost on his jacket to make it look like he had maybe just dried through being frozen. But then uh, he was kind of sitting by the fire and the um, the kind of the effect on the, the blueness of his skin was kind of really obvious that it was kind of faked. Yeah. And it's actually that like it looks bad pretty much the entire episode. <clears throat> yeah. But like um, uh, that when Whitney throws the ball and he goes mm. to get it on the lake, watching it in what I'm watching it on now, it's it's actually kind of like brutally bad because they have this big wide shot of the lake. So you've got like the lake, you've got the big mm. trees behind it. You've got the, the, uh, the shoreline there. Right. And he's walking out on the lake and it's brutally obvious that they filmed him walking, mm-hmm. shrank it down and then green screened the lake behind him. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, I'm, I'm trying they to find that. They do that later with the swimming pool in the school too. Oh my God. Do they really? Yeah. I, that I didn't notice this. I just, it just really stood out because it almost looked like he was animated. And I'm yeah. like, did they draw a cartoon of this kid? Like that just <laughs> seems really like time wasteful. Just like get the kid to walk on some fucking water or something. Um, so I have to assume that the lake itself wasn't actually frozen over when they were filming. Right. And then they were just like, well, we need him to walk on some ice. So green screen. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a little brutal. Right. Well, um, he, he makes it over to the lake shore, but he's sitting there at the fire and his hands are kind of returning to normal, but he kind of takes a deep breath in and he kind of inhales the heat of the fire. And as he's getting up to walk past, you see the flames are actually an icicle. And then opening credits. <laughs> yeah the flame yeah. I mean, it's and i i think i wrote down here and i'm like um <laughs> last episode water on fire this episode fire frozen what the fuck smallville like <laughs> like they're just really fucking around with the elements here um but frozen flames i don't think is anything mm. i've ever seen before in any medium yeah yeah it's i don't just, it's because it's not a thing <laughs> yeah, that's probably very true. I think Thank mostly Paul. because it's not a thing. Paul is just bill lying me in front of everybody here. Uh, but you're right; it is not a thing. It does not exist. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a cool concept. It, yeah. it. I can see the the effect. I don't think aged very well. But again, I'm watching this on a screen much larger than it was ever intended to be watched on. So it still kind of looks cool. But as the camera moves, the flames also move. Right. Like to the, I mean, like to the left and the right, like they're not flickering like flames because they're not actually flames at this point. They're icicles, but they don't stay uh, like synced to the to the camera movement. So it's a little off putting, but still just a cool idea. Right. But yeah, so it is, it is clearly the next morning. And, uh, so Clark's coming down and he's overhearing, uh, you know, mom and dad, uh, crunching, crunching, uh, numbers about the money troubles and stuff. And he kind of rattles off the math, like right away. He's obviously, you know, using some of that smarts. I um, love because I, I like I don't remember them doing this in Smallville. And I think this might be the only time they do it. But mm. that's a big thing with that people kind of dismiss about Superman is that he is like a genius level intellect. Yeah. Um. And I mean, well, like when I, he learns, like when he learns something, it's like there. It's yeah. What One of my favorite comic books came out a couple years ago. Superman Earth One. It's a hardcover. Um. It's very good. And like the first story is it's it's Superman kind of coming to Metropolis. And before he becomes a reporter at the Daily Planet, he's like a heart surgeon and blah, 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 because he just like studies something mm-hmm. and immediately knows how to do it. And he's immediately like excellent at it. So he does right. a whole bunch of things and like a heart surgeon. And he do- and I can't remember what the other things are. I think one is maybe a cop or something, but it kind of boils down to in this comic that. He gets to a point where he realizes like he's helping people, but he's not helping enough people. And then he right. eventually gets to the Daily Planet because he realizes, well, if I get a big news story where a whole bunch of people are in trouble, uh, being a reporter gives me access to news as it's happening. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, sorry, I, I, I just think it's cool that they give props to like Clark's intellect in this. Right. 
and and uh, so he so he kind of speeds out the door and then kind of speeds back in just to grab his pop tart. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then speeds back awesome. out again because it just <clears throat> pops out of the toaster at the exact same time. So he like it pops out, it floats in the air for like a fraction of a second, and he like buzzes in, grabs it, buzzes right back out. Yeah, and so he heads out to the driveway, uh, and uh, like this is I guess. Uh, like just, I'm trying to think of how this works. Like Pete and Chloe got off the bus or they live close enough that they walked to his place and they're going to bus from Clark's. That's a good question. I never they get, questioned that. Cause they get to the bus and it's there, right? Like they get to the end of the driveway and Chloe's talking about, they talk about Sean not calling and, and, and Clark's thing with Lana. And then Chloe's like rightly takes exception to how she's being treated and talked about. And she's like, and yes. treat, treat me better. Yeah, that was a great line. I wrote that too, the exact same thing. And next time, guys, treat me better. Yeah. Because, and it's true. Like, it sounds like like Pete's almost trying to sell her off. Like, why don't you do it? Clark, why don't you do it? Blah, blah, blah. And 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 Clark's just like, obviously all about Lana. And yeah. Chloe at that point, we don't know how Chloe feels about Clark other than their friends at this point. Um, mm. But she's quite rightfully going, I'm not here to play you know, second fiddle to Lana. Like, if you want me, you want me, but I'm not like your backup plan. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, uh, so I, like it's at school and Sean's kind of gone to like the nurse's office and he's sitting there shivering and she takes his temp and it's like super low. Like I think like 35 Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh yeah. Like he's, he should be dead, but the nurse isn't smart enough to realize it. Yeah, and so she tries it again, but he grabs her arm and kind of gives her a chill, but he takes just enough warmth that he kind of just bounces out of there. It was at this point that I realized that Sean is essentially DC Comics Killer Frost. Sort of. I mean, yeah, he's he's getting there a little bit. Although it's different because he's he can't persistently hang on to his heat. Like, right. Like it's and he does it a little different. He doesn't ever like throw ice power, right? Like he yeah. doesn't ever throw icicles or or like an ice blast or anything like that. But that that like harnessing heat from somebody else has been a killer frost um uh uh trope for yeah. quite a while. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't really embrace like that whole being an ice powered person. Like he doesn't tell people to chill or say cool <laughs> yeah. party. Chill out. Um <laughs> Yeah, oh god, that movie's so bad. That's a bad movie. We want to talk about bad movies. We can talk about that one. That um, movie's delightfully bad. Okay, at this point, I mean, I was going to bring it up later, but this is as good a place as any. So right. Sean's big problem is that he's cold. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, really, if you look at it throughout the episode, he doesn't really slow down. He's not, like, all stiff, and, and like, he doesn't function like he's frozen. He's blue, yeah. yes, I'll give him that. Yeah. But his whole thing is like he keeps talking to people. I'm so cold. I just need to warm up. So he's murdering people because he's cold. Like yeah. other than other than that, like it doesn't seem to be affecting his life at all. Half the time he's frozen, he's still got like a weird smile on his face. Well, yeah, like I, we'll get to that a little bit after. But yeah, he like kills somebody he who used to he used to date, and like. And and he is completely unaffected by it and just moves on, moves right past it. it, it but, the whole thing's very weird because being cold doesn't seem to be affecting his life at all. Other than he's like, he's cold. Like, put a jacket on. Yeah, put on another like, jacket. I mean, welcome to being Canadian, motherfucker. We're cold a lot. Yeah. Like, it's not like we're all out here murdering each other. I mean, you know, most of us anyway, you know. It's, I, I mean, yeah, it's true. We got murderers up here. We do. Um... It would be something if it would like, I just think it's a weakness of the villain of the week that there doesn't seem to be any consequences or reasoning for him to be a killer. Other than yeah. he's like sapping the heat. Like, what are the consequences if he doesn't sap the heat from somebody? Will he go into like a state of hibernation and never come out of it? Will he like, what's the point other than like, I'm just cold. Yeah, they don't actually broach on the fact that he's also like literally dead. So they don't actually even br- cover true. any of that. So that's true. Um, yeah, because he's fucking dead. So, <laughs> um, oh, on the farm, uh, Lex almost gets chainsawed in half by Martha. 
That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, number one, and I know it's like, whoa, take it easy. I'm glad you weren't welding, which I don't understand what that means. The chainsaw mm-hmm. is obviously more dangerous than if she were welding. Yeah, but right. okay. But yeah. like, don't fucking sneak up on somebody with a chainsaw. Like, that's no. way more Lex's fault than it is Martha's. Definitely. That's that's going in the rule, the rule book. Don't sneak up on somebody with a chainsaw. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Just like, what a stupid idea. Approach yeah. her from the front. Yes, yes. But yeah, so he's offering, he says that he's going to have a meeting with some other farmers and he's planning to invest rather than have these people bury themselves with loans. And he just wants to give them a heads up, gives, uh, kind of gives her some thinking to do, knowing what Jonathan will say. But, you know, she's, she's looking at it maybe a little bit more uh, open-minded. Um, but we actually then head to the Talon where Lex uh, kind of makes some inroads in kind of knocking Whitney and kind of pushes the idea that Lana is with the wrong guy again before he kind of walks away. So interesting thing, and this doesn't actually come up till next episode, but right. I feel the correction is warranted right now. Sure. It's not the talent yet. It definitely, it has to be because there are, there's an exterior shot in one of the previous episodes that it's like in letters, like big letters down, down like a marquee that says talent. Is it? Because yeah. in the next episode, one of the cops investigating right. what's happening on the next episode no spoilers uh okay. what one of the cops calls it the beanery hmm yeah maybe uh yeah maybe 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 it'll be explained better later but is beanery just like a 1950s cool slang for a copy shop uh maybe yeah maybe he doesn't use the name but okay anyway that's weird because yeah. i i caught weird. that the last time and i was like what the fuck it's not the talent yet because I do remember Lana opens or owns the talent at some point. Right. So. But yeah, I think. Um, uh, so right after Lex says something about, you know, her being with the wrong, wrong guy, Whitney does himself like no favors and has forgotten about their plans about going uh, to Metropolis and he's going to watch the fights instead. And so she's disappointed. And then outside, Lex tries to push Clark and Lana together by offering Radiohead tickets, which, I mean, that's a pretty awesome thing if you can get it to work, right? Like, tells him if he does it right now, he'll throw in a limo ride, too. Yeah, which, I, number one, I love, because he's, he's... There's so many layers to Lex. Just even this early on, there's so many layers. Because he's like... He goes in, and Whitney cancels plans to go to Metropolis with Lana so he can watch pay-per-view fights with his friends. And, like... Number one, mm-hmm. dude, ditch your bros. I'm sorry, but like, it's yeah. a pay-per-view fight. There'll be another one soon. Right. Lana was right. really looking forward to getting out of town, whatever. Anyway, and then Lex comes in and flat out says to Lana, like, you know, he basically alludes to the fact that he thinks Whitney's dumb uh, yeah. because he doesn't appreciate that Lana reads a lot of books or whatever. And Lex mm-hmm. at one point flat out says, maybe I just think you're with the wrong guy. Yeah. Then goes outside and meets Clark, offers him the radio tic- Radiohead tickets, and says, uh, tell you what, if you do it in the next 60 seconds, I'll throw in a limo. Yeah. And so Clark grabs the tickets, walks inside, asks Lana out. Now, the thing I love about this is Lex may be the best wingman ever. Yeah. You do not get wingmen like this, guys, ever, or, or girls. Like, I've never had any of my buddies go, hey, man, if you go ask that girl out, and I'm going to give you two tickets to a really great concert and a limousine and a trip out of the city, by the way. Right. But the deeper thing about this is that even though Lex is trying to do a solid for his friend, he's also deep down inside really starting to learn how to manipulate people. He's planting seeds in Lana's head. I don't think you're with the right guy. He's making Clark go against his own moral compass. Well, you should ask out a girl who's already dating someone because, hey, you're in high school. It's She's not, not married. married. Yeah. yeah. And then Clark even echoes that later on. So that, like the depth that Lex is already starting to be this conniving person, even though it really does seem like his intentions are, are good at this point. He's such yeah. a fantastic character. He, he plays in the he plays in the gray. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so, uh, but 
Clark asks her, but kind of he senses, maybe he senses a little bit of apprehension. doesn't even really uh, let her finish before he puts himself firmly into the friend zone saying, oh, we'll go as friends. And then she was already going to say yes, but then she emphatically says yes. Yes, which, I mean, go Clark. Yeah. And so uh, he tells Chloe and Pete about it, and uh, Chloe's, Chloe's uh, you know, wise to it being kind of, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, matchmaker set up by Lex and stuff. But she also does seem a little bit less than enthusiastic, and this is just kind of the very hint of, like, the thing that's going to go on for years, which is Chloe being in love with Clark and him being completely oblivious. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100% oblivious. Yeah. But she, uh, they see uh, Sean coming up, and he asks her what she's doing, and then while she's explaining that she needs to put the, the torch together, like, while she's still talking to him, <laughs> he looks over and is like, yo, Jenna. And like yes. walks away. Like that is, and I, I wrote down and I'm like, now that's cold. But like literally she's mid sentence and he's like, uh, you know what? You're taking too long next. <laughs> yeah. and that like, I laughed so hard. Cause that's just so funny. And it's, um, uh, Chloe, well, Allison Mack, honestly, acting just sells that so well because her jaw just like dropped. Like, uh, the she's fuck? Like, <laughs> she's, like a, she's like, I was playing barely hard to get. So her and Pete yeah. walk off, but Clark stays a minute longer watching kind of Sean and Jenna as they kind of walk away together. Um, and then we cut to kind of like that scene where like the Jenna's in the shower, um, and like it's like hot in there and there's like candles and stuff and i don't know if they're they're either at her house like i assume that's where they are well she's taking a shower so i have to assume it's her house yeah Yeah. so she's at her house she kind of i guess senses that he's there uh tells him to get in but then uh he she kind of rips open the um uh shower curtain and he's just like blue and looking like terrible uh oh no he rips it open and he he puts his hand up on the on the shower head and it starts just raining like ice snowing. Yeah, basically. And so she slips, falls out of the, out of the tub, kind of wrapped in the, uh, uh, shower curtain. And he kind of is just kind of barely apologetic as he kind of grabs her by the shoulders and just kind of freezes her solid. And then off camera, we don't see it. She falls backwards and you hear the sound of something shattering. So you have to assume she shatters into like a million pieces. Into pieces. And you got to think by the time she's found, she's thought out. Yeah, yeah you're probably correct. Uh, now we yeah. have to assume that these two have hooked up before, right? Because that seems like a very extreme first date. Is that yeah. she's going to like call him over and then immediately invite him into the shower. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I have to assume it's at her place and that, and not his, and this isn't like post coitus showering, like they've already done something and now she's showering and they're going to do something else because, well, then she would already be dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But uh, again, like I've kind of at the end of that, he kind of just walks out and he's kind of got a look on his face, like, like deeply satisfied. Like he's like, yeah, that did it. Like I'm, I'm good. For a bit. I'm not I'm not cold anymore. Yeah, cause... and so he as he walks out of the room though, we again see candle flames frozen solid. Yes. Yeah, and it's all on all the individual candles. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh I guess the Kents are talking about their will they won't they about going to Lex's event. Uh Martha says she's kind of already agreed to do it. Um and then Clark shows up to talk about his plans um and he kind of um jonathan kind of rightly guesses that lex has uh made all their plans for the evening and that's where clark like um uh oh well because clark comes in and he's got this like shit-eating grin on his face right hello Um, citizens yeah which is uh, number one i've never understood that phrase yeah because if you were to eat shit, would you smile about it? 
No. <laughs> the phrase shit-eating grin makes zero sense to me at all, but it's a phrase and Clark has it. Um, yeah. But, like, Martha throws out a great line, uh, uh, just like, um, what happened to the, the, the oh, what does she say? Uh, 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 what, what, what did you do to my son? You know, the yeah, moody like, one it, lives upstairs? Yeah, the moody one lives upstairs, runs real fast. I'm just like, <laughs> it's just a funny line. I don't know why I like it. Um, yeah. Because I, I actually like the fact that the Kents like openly talk about Clark's powers all the time. And to them, it's kind of nothing. It's just like, oh, it's a fact of right. who you are. We'll keep right. it secret from everybody else. But we can have like our little inside jokes about it. And it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So they, they yeah, that, it kind of sets up that part of it. Part of it and then uh, we're back over to Sean and he's already cold again. And he's literally sitting there cold calling girl after girl, <laughs> trying yeah. to get warm, lighting matches, keeps lighting matches. And they uh, keep and immediately going out. Yeah. And then he remembers that he has Chloe's number on his hand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so guy falls in a lake, mm-hmm. um, has like uh, sucked heat from uh, however many sources at this point, uh, has had the whole shower incident. The right. number is still on his hand. Good pen, I guess, you know. I Amazing fucking... If that's like one of those space astronaut pens that you could write upside down with, like... Because that... It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then, I mean, I know it's like a small gripe to bitch about, but it is something that when he looked down and he saw it and it's perfectly legible... Right. I mean, I guess he's not sweating. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's still... I'm highly suspicious of this dead frozen man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Smallville is not being very accurate with how things work. Yeah, come on, man. I want some realism <laughs> in my fucking Superman stories. <laughs> well, I guess we should end the podcast right now. <laughs> he <laughs> <was> unsatisfied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, but yeah, so he finally gets around to calling Chloe while she's um, like Clark. She's over at Clark's trying to give him fashion advice. She tells him to burn one of his shirts um, and then kind of. Uh, she men- mentions the fact that she's gonna meet him uh, at the, at the torch. She's gonna bring her coffee, and she's gonna kind of play things out and see if maybe he's worthy of a date after this. This is like kind of like a you know a fact finding mission for her. And Clark is dubious, of course, but um, you know we cut over to Lex Lex's place, and he uh, the the cancer let in by like like one of Lex's like doormen or, or like a, a butler, mm-hmm. some dude. Um, and Lex is like, yeah, I actually lied. Um, you are the only people coming and I really, this, this deal is only for you guys. Kind of because he knew that Jonathan would say no anyway. But yeah, because Jonathan's got, Jonathan's pride often gets in his way. Uh, do you think that, um, that Lex's intentions are honorable at this point. I think at this point he is, he's using his, um, his offer to get close to the Kents because he thinks something, I think it comes, it, it plays into his long game, but I think he does. I th- he thinks that maybe helping the Kents is, uh, is kind of a road to, you know, doing something altruistic. He wants to yeah. be a good, he wants to be a good man and do great things. And he also wants to help his friends. So. Okay. Cause that, cause that's kind of the way I'm looking at it too, is like, I feel like Clark is, or, or sorry, Lex, I feel like Lex thinks he's doing the right thing. I think there's probably right. ulterior motives in there. I think that he wants to get closer to Clark. I think it's an easy way to get closer to Clark if you can get on the good side of Jonathan and Martha. Uh, Definitely get much closer if you own a piece of their farm. But I also think that he really, like, knows that, look, like, your farm is in a lot of financial trouble. If I'm backing you, that trouble does not exist anymore. So I think there's, like, he's in the middle of the road. And I think that consciously he believes he's doing the right thing and there's a right. subconscious layer in there of like quote unquote the real Lex which yeah, hasn't I mean, yet bubbled to the surface yeah because he's still investigating the thing with, with the car 
He still yeah, doesn't believe exactly. things went the way they went, right? Like he's looking into it and he probably thinks that that's a, a way to get get closer. Um, but meanwhile, actually Lex, uh, or no, um, Clark and Lana are in the, uh, in the limo and, uh, so they start getting, getting down the road, but Clark makes like a weird comment that like immediately put, puts like Lana on the defensive. Like he says something about defensive reading or something like that. And then he tries to explain what he means by that. And so she, she gets it and she, he talks about the fact that he uses astronomy to figure out like. You know, maybe if I was on another planet, my life would be better. I think he maybe stuff. scores himself some points with the defensive reading thing because you're right. At right. first, he's like, "Uh, here's some more defensive reading," or 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 this is a nice break from your defensive reading. It's something like that. Getting out of town, uh, yeah. or the, the limo ride. Being, I've never been in a limo before. Oh, neither have I. I bet. I bet it's a nice break from your defensive reading. And she's like, "What the, what the fuck?" Yeah. Like, yeah. are you judging me? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. It's just, it's something you've done your whole life. And I think at that point, he scores some points because I think... You noticed. Lana, yeah, exactly. Because Lana kind of gives him a look like, you noticed that? Because no one's ever noticed that that's what I do. And yeah. I think it's like a, nobody has ever noticed that I, when I'm troubled, I I decide to read. And Clark is the one person who's like, oh, no, I know. And I'm not judging you for it. It's just like and then that's where he's like me. For me, it's astronomy. I I look through a telescope and imagine what my life would be like on other worlds. Yeah. And then he does the the he breaks the cardinal rule of like he's got like a captive audience in a limo and he's like, I'm going to do a magic trick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> and he uses his x-ray vision, of course. But, you know, he he uh, but as they're as she's panning the card back, their hands briefly touch. Not an accident. like that. There's yeah, there's that look between them for a moment. Um, and she kind of. Uh, they, they get into like, he, he talks about like, he asks like, what about Whitney? Like, what is, what does he know? And she admits that he didn't, you know, she didn't tell him. And Clark, uh, mentions that he spent all day convincing people it wasn't a date and they're kind of enjoying themselves. She turns on the TV and they see a news report about like already it's a news report about the death of Jenna. Yeah. Hey, one of your friends murdered horribly tonight. Yeah. More at 11. Yeah. And then Clark immediately stopped the car. Yeah. And so I, I couldn't tell when they pulled the limo over, when they got out of the car, I I initially couldn't tell whether they were still in Smallville or whether they had made it to Metropolis and he was dropping her off on like a Metropolis street. But then like right away, I was like, well, no, because he's got to get he's got to be in Smallville and all that other stuff. And I other think, stuff. yeah, I think they had probably barely left. If they had left Smallville, they were just barely out of it because right. the only scene you see before that is like the limo pulling away from, I want to say the front of Clark's house. Yeah. Uh, like maybe the, the front of the Kent farm. So, so I think they probably left the farms because Lana's farm is right next to Clark's. So mm-hmm. she probably came over. They jumped in the limo. The limo is probably driving through Smallville to get to Metropolis. So I'm assuming that they get the news while in Smallville. Yeah, yeah. I, I and that, I, I couldn't really square it just because where they'd pulled over, there wasn't people on the street, and like it was the the front of the the Talon uh, or whatever. Um, and he kind of just. Like, it's a quick scene. He says, you know, it's the best non-date I've ever had. Takes off. Um, but uh, inside... Oh, no, Pete... you know what? It, it has to be outside the Talon. Because there's a scene later on where Lana's is sitting in the Talon and then right. gifts the uh, the remainder of the limo time to Pete. Right, So yeah, the limo so... is also outside the Talon. And that's, that's how I eventually figured out that it was the Talon. But initially in my notes, I was like, they were in Metropolis, but Clark had to run all the way back to Smallville somehow, which isn't not doable, which is not like it can't, it's not doable, but you know, spoilers, he starts doing it at some point. I can't remember when he does. Yeah. So Chloe, uh, but meanwhile, Chloe's working at the torch. Uh, kind of, we hear the dial up noises like I was talking about before. Uh, so she checks the hallway and finds like a, uh, like a trail of flower petals. Okay, uh, now this is how my brain works when I'm tired, because mm. I'm watching this, and I'm tired, 
And mm. keep in mind that the like the flower petals are like uh like a yellow like or an orange or something, or are they white? Right. I can't remember. So I'm just watching this, and she looks down, and there's like this trail, and I'm mm. like, are those fucking potato chips. <laughs> like <laughs> just, a, just a trail of lays. A, a, yeah, well. exactly. I'm like, I mean, I guess maybe he knows Chloe better than I do. I'm like, that's not really weirdly romantic, or it's like a trap. Like I'll hear her crunching her way down the hallway, then I'll get her. <laughs> like, uh, uh, but it's not until like the next scene where she's actually walking on them and they're not crunching that my brain goes, Steve, flower petals, and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes much more sense. You were just hungry, man. You know, um, uh, that's impossible. I get it. <laughs> fucking chips. Yeah, like. Oh, oh my god. So well, weird. I mean, I guess they are now. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, the petals lead to the pool, uh, and uh, Sean kind of locks her in, and he's kind of explaining what's going on. Like he does a little bit more for her than what he did for Jenna. Like he actually has a kind of a conversation, but he's like, "Look." But you're not getting out of here. Like I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need those, gonna need that heat. Yeah. And so she falls in the pool though, and as she's trying to climb out, he freezes it. Like he pulls all of the heat out of it, and her, her just her foot is stuck. But she's dripping wet, and the pool is frozen solid. And he starts to walk across toward her, and it is super fake looking. I must have been writing notes because I missed that entirely. Yeah. But uh, um, Clark shows up. He briefly gets grabbed by Sean, but he sends him flying. uh, And he kind of uh, grabs Chloe, gets her outside, uh, tells her to run. And then he looks back to where Sean is and he's gone. Because the the bad guys in, in Smallville all have this amazing vanishing ability. Right. So this is where I always think like, okay, really quickly. Clark, use your x-ray vision to his extent, find <laughs> yeah. the skeleton that's running away, chase him down and finish him. Like, <laughs> yes, that's a good point. And the thing is, I never even thought about the x-ray vision, but that's an excellent point. Like Clark. And I, I don't know. Have they gone? Can he telescope his vision yet? I don't know. Has I... he shown any examples of that yet? Cause it's not a power that he like gets in small. Because, it doesn't show up in an episode. Still, no. Cause he's still using his telescope to spy on Lana. So, Oh, good point. Excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not yet. No telescoping. Uh, yeah. I think his, even his hearing isn't as he has, I don't think he has super hearing yet. No. Cause that is an episode. Right. Cause there okay. are this. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, th- but this is the part where, um, Pete shows up at the Talon and, uh, sees Lana sitting there. Um, they kind of, you know, commiserate about the mystery that is Clark. Uh, and then Whitney shows up and she's being kind of flighty about where, what she's doing, but she tells, go ahead, take the, take the Pete, take the limo to Pete. And then just asks Whitney if she'll drive her home. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, at the same time, this is happening. Like, uh, Sean breaks into the generating plant and just like electrocutes the shit out of himself to get heat. Obviously, like that's a good idea, but then he drains it, presumably, because Clark shows up back at the Talon after uh, um, Lana's already gone and notices the dimming lights. Uh, uh, which which is also happening at the Luther Mansion. Right, right. Basically, you assume like Smallville and surrounding area is everyone's going through like a power outage. Yeah. I keep I keep an eye on like at Lex's place. I'm like I'm looking at his drink cart. I'm like, what's he got there? Like, do we ever see the labels on these on these bottles? Like, like what's yeah, he, he's like got the, he's blue... like the brandy that he he's uh, serving the Kents, and I'm then like, later cognac. Yeah, you're like I want to know what it is. Like, what's he? What's what's like Lex balling out with? Yeah, yeah. We, we never. I don't think we ever really do. It's kind of uh, nondescript. Uh, just glassware. We don't actually see the bottles and stuff, but um, uh, where were we? What is like Whitney's driving home with Lana. Uh, and this scene has, uh, uh, so he's driving. Yeah, he's driving home with Lana home, and um, uh, Sean 
just appears in the middle of the road in front of the car for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Because he's not driving anywhere, but he seems to be, like, in town, out of town, in the middle of town. Now he's, like, out on a farm road. I don't know how Sean's getting around. Yeah. Like, does he have super speed? Because it's never explained, <laughs> and he's fucking everywhere. He's got, like, Jason Voorhees gifts. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got horror he's got horror trope tr- teleportation powers. He, yeah, he's that guy. Like I can walk, and then I I I'm, all of a sudden I'm like a football field behind you, and just walking at a brisk pace while you're sprinting, and then I'm in front of you. And it's that <laughs> weird like like slasher movie teleportation gift that is never explained. Right. Except, actually, there's a movie called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. This is just a, a shout-out to anybody out there. It's like a, uh, 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 a faux documentary based on... It's a horror thing, and it's a guy who wants to be a famous movie slasher, assuming movie slashers are real in the universe. So Freddy right. Krueger's real, and Jason Voorhees is real, and Michael Myers is real. And this guy wants to be the next big thing. He explains how he does that. In that he's a huh. fantastic movie. Watch it if you can. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Anyway, oh, that was a weird aside. <laughs> uh, asides, we we're gonna do them. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this train ain't but, got no so, rails. Right, but so they're driving on the road, and I was trying to determine earlier about like, is this the same truck that Spider Greg flipped over, or is it a different truck, like truck continuity? Um, I, but I couldn't figure it out. Do we get an outside yeah. shot? Oh, we do get an outside shot of this truck because this truck, as well, gets trashed. Yeah. Yeah, so it gets it gets I pierced in the end of a tree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so Lana's rolled her ankle, and I guess the only so the front of the truck got damaged, but then also like the the cab window in the back is bu- busted out. For yeah, some that's weird too. I noticed that too. I'm like, well, that shouldn't have happened. I mean, cracked maybe. I guess I don't know. But um, I guess wherever they're at, they're close enough to Lex's that they're going to be able to limp over there. I will say, pre this accident, this episode had uh, uh, one of the worst examples of ADR I've ever heard. Uh, that's voice recording after the fact to just, like, add into a scene. It just doesn't fit. It's horribly done. It doesn't fit with the action. The The actor's voices sound different. It's, if I can, I'm going to try to drop a cut of that into the middle of this episode. So if you hear it, you'll hear it now. Why didn't you just tell me? Because I knew you'd overreact. You go on a date with another guy and I'm overreacting. It wasn't a date. Clark's a friend, that's it. Whitney, look out! Sean! See? Wasn't that fucking bad? Out of context, it's bad. In context, it's even worse. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely recorded after the fact. But um, so while this is this is happening, like Lex is toasting his offer to them. Um, security uh, show Lana and Whitney in. Uh, while Whitney's kind of like she's okay, Martha immediately is like, "Where's Clark?" Um, and we actually then just cut right to him arriving at the truck, looking for Lana and Whitney. Okay, um, and then this Sean. This is a weird thing because right. uh, Lana and Whitney when they're trying to find a place to go get safe from Sean, although they don't really realize Sean's like a murderer at this point. Neither of them know. They just know that Sean was on the road. They swerved to avoid him. And then they ran away. Like what if Sean's in trouble? They don't even bother to check. They're just like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Cause Sean was standing in the middle of the road. Yeah. Yes. When Whitney got out of the truck to go around to help one, you could see him casting about like looking around and he doesn't see anybody. But again, yeah, the guy the, who's on his them. football team, who's supposed to be a friend of his, and he looks around he's like, "What's going on? What's going on?" My friend was standing in the middle of the road. The friend that dropped, like, this kid dropped into a lake and nobody noticed, right? Like, I just think Sean, maybe he's not the bad guy in this story. Maybe it's society because yeah, nobody cares about Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Let's blame society. It's easy to blame society. Uh, the other yeah. thing I want to say is that everybody identifies the way to the Luther mansion because of oh, look at those lights just through the, uh, just through the trees there. And it's one light. It's one light yeah. that is weirdly just off of the road and there's no road beside it. So it looks like somebody <laughs> like Lex just hung a flashlight uh-huh. in a tree. And he's like, if you want to find my place, there's a flashlight in a tree. Just take a left there. Left of the flashlight. 
Yeah, because we'll it's it's a single light in a tree. You see all those lights? No, I see one light. That's the, the gigantic <laughs> Luther mansion. Are you sure it's not just like a hobo <laughs> hanging out at a camp or something? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the hobo's before that. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, but so the thing, like, like Clark's there. He gets uh, ambushed by Sean. Now, like, headcanon-wise, what do you think happens here? Because he leaves Clark a frozen popsicle on the ground. Does he temporarily kill Clark here? Oh, that's a good question. I, um... Or almost, basically. Now, it hasn't been given away, and it, it, it's kind of a weird Smallville continuity problem for me, because technically he takes all of Clark's heat, which is radiation. Yeah. And right. Clark runs on solar radiation. It hasn't been discussed yet in the show, but we'll get there eventually. And if you know anything about Superman, you know this. Right. Um, so, and it's happening at night. Right. So he, now he doesn't, I, in my mind, he doesn't 100% sap Clark of his powers, but right. I think he takes enough of his power to put him in like a state of hibernation. You know how like frogs climb into the mud in the winter and then they right. freeze over and then the spring comes and they thaw out and they just hop yeah. away like yeah. fucking aliens weird ass frog. <laughs> but that's, that's what i do that's what i do in the winter like i just i just i'm like fuck it i just give up i lay in one spot <laughs> and then may comes and we're finally okay it's the giant canadian depression it happens five <laughs> months out of the year for everybody yeah um, the show is gonna change and get pretty dark uh real soon um yeah, <laughs> yeah. our attitudes when the seasonal depression disorder kicks in you just wait um uh, but uh yeah i think he i think it doesn't sap all of his powers i think he re retains enough power to come back so i don't think it's death but i think it's probably the closest clark has seen at this point yeah it, it goes unremarked upon uh but uh so sean um uh, so at, they're at the mansion, um, or uh, like Lex is there and Whitney, and he's he's gotten Whitney and and Lana like cups of uh, like hot chocolate, presumably. Uh, maybe he's got some you know Bailey's in there or something you know. Um, I could see I could see Lex doing like the cool uncle thing. Yeah, slipping slip him there. a little on the side. Yeah, it's I don't tell your parents. It's all right. Yeah, but the lights start uh, dimming there, and the can't split up. Um, Sean has drained the generator. Um, and Martha encounters him outside. Uh, he's kind of just like, well, howdy. <laughs> and then and, Clark, uh, or, 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 or th this is the weird thing that, cause he's already blue again. Yeah. This is after he's already, uh, um, sucked Clark. Yeah. Is that, is that he's, appropriate? He sucked Clark. Yep. He sucked Clark. Yep. So he sucked Clark, but his, wrong his, with that. his balls are already blue again somehow. I don't yep. understand. Because he just sucked Clark, as we've already established that. But stop, now... just stop saying suck Clark. <laughs> Don't say it well, again. I just, I just go back to that because at one point Chloe's <laughs> like, so Chloe's like, thanks, Clark, you saved me from getting my heat sucked, and I was like, that's sexier than it needs to be. Yeah. I've never had my heat sucked. Yeah. And coming out of Chloe's mouth, like, okay, I need to stop all the words that I'm saying right now. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, going back to him, play, play some, play some like uh, some after these messages music, like some dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah. dun, dun this dun, program has temporarily been taken off air. Um, <laughs> but uh, now the the whole thing, and he kind of get he alludes to it in his next fight with Clark. But he's uh oh Clark, you're the best meal I've had, and whatever. He doesn't say something like that. He says something like that, but it's not like that. Um, yeah. But. Seeing as how he drained Clark to the point of uh, hibernation, we think, close to death. Yeah. yeah. And that heat energy only lasts a few minutes. Yeah. He's degenerating rapidly. I guess that must be it. Is that it's like a degenerating disease? Because to me, you would think getting that heat, like he got the heat from the girl in the shower and that lasted him about a day or, or whatever. Right. Getting the, all the energy from Clark, dude, dude should have been jacked for like uh, a week at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, like, uh, well, as Sean is like uh, approaching Martha, like, yeah, Clark shows up. Um, Sean realizes it's his mom and it calls her hot, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, Clark just fucking wails on him with a pipe. Just 
<laughs> crack someone. Swing so, about, about a swing. And he does so, that home run. So again, we assume like Meteor Rock has given like some endurance, but also it could just be that Sean is a fucking zombie. So, you know, he's well, a white I, walker. Oh, oh my God. It's a white walker origin story. <laughs> Didn't even realize it. There you go. There's the crossover you all wanted. Smallville yeah. and Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Game of Thrones for all the kids listening to this in 2055 was a show. Uh, <laughs> that people loved until they didn't <laughs> until they really, really didn't they really didn't. Um, but yeah, like Sean as, as they're fighting, like Sean is trying to actively drain Clark as it's going. Um, and as he has Clark pinned, he's talking about how, like once he's finished draining him, he's going to go after his parents and he's going to go after Lana and Clark just snaps and he's like, you're not doing anything to anybody. And he just throws him like, like a hundred feet in the air. And is it a like throw or is punch. it a punch? Because I thought it was like an uppercut. Maybe a punch. Uh, maybe a punch. Um, but he and he launches him. You're right, straight up into the air. And I was like, you know what? That didn't look great, but it looked fucking cool. Yeah, and so he lands in the kind of the creek. Like I assume it's like a pond on like the Luther property, yeah. which is it solid, and uh, presumably he's dead again because he's has no way of getting any more heat, and he's just frozen solid in the lake. And he's totally frozen solid, and. Now, is there for the at the the rest of the episode? Is there ever any allusion to them like dredging the lake and finding the no. body or anything, or do we assume that in the spring thaw he just thaws along with it and the body disappears and that's it? Yeah, who knows? I mean, like you'd think uh, Lex would be curious too, right? You would think. Well, although Lex hasn't really been in, uh, as far as Lex is concerned, until he hears something from Marsha, uh, Martha. Um, He's just going through weird power outages and the Kents are acting fucking weird. Because he's yeah. like, I've got people that can work on the breakers, whatever. And Martha's like, I'll go take care of the generator. And he's like, all right, doomsday prepper. I just have people <laughs> to take care of this shit. Like, He's like, look, you almost chainsawed me in half yesterday. So I'm going to let you take this. I'm going to let you take this one. Yeah, basically. Uh, so, but um, it, the next day, I guess, again, uh, Jonathan's working on his bike in the, uh, in the barn and Lex comes in trying to let him, get him to reconsider having found out that he, uh, got a loan. Uh, Jonathan's kind of like, at least with the bank, I know where I'm standing. Uh, I just want to like, uh, I mean, yeah, and I get this. He goes and gets his loan and, and right. Lex is like, well, there goes my opportunity to get an in with the family and. I think you would have been smarter taking the money from me. The bank can foreclose on you. I never would have, uh, which yeah. is a fair point. Um, I just want to give a shout out to that motorbike because I don't think we ever see it again. And it's a nice looking bike. It's like a classic, it, like 60s Harley Davidson. Is that not the bike that Clark steals when he goes to Metropolis, though? When he goes bad and he's like, oh, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe we'll have to see but in the future. I don't know. I don't know if it's bike continuity though, because it might be a completely different bike by that. I don't ever remember seeing a motorcycle in this series like that that Kent's owned. So yeah. you could be completely right. Yeah, we won't know until we get there. Because yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, um, yeah, like that. Yeah, really, really nice bike. Like I was kind of focused on looking at that in the scenes that it was in. Um, but then I also like, I, I like, like, ja I like Lex's jacket. Oh my scene. God. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I want that nice jacket. jacket. It's a very yeah. like plain, like kind of gray, uh, tweed maybe, or I don't know what the hell the material is. Yeah. It's got like a preacher's collar on it. It's such a plain jacket, but it looks fucking awesome. You can wear that shit That's, with anything. Yeah. It's kind of like a beige wool almost, but it's I got like a, it's really a, quick. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really quickly back to the last scene. After everything is resolved and whatever and everyone's safe, uh, there's a point where everyone's about to start leaving or or head home and get saved. And, right. and uh, Lex looks over at Whitney and Lana, or specifically looks over at Lana. Mm. And uh, he's like, oh, I'll get you guys a, a cab or a limo home or I'll get someone to take you home or whatever. And then he looks at Lana and he goes, sorry about your date. Yeah, yeah, and you're really. Like, oh, Fuck, like Lex is hardcore, man. Whitney yeah. at this point, like they're kind of arguing. They were already arguing about like, wait, you went out with Clark? I went out with a friend. We were just hanging out, blah, blah, blah. But you went out with Clark and you didn't tell me about the date you were on, blah, blah. And then they, they kind of mm -hmm. argue all the shit falls apart. And 
And then at the very end of the night, fucking Lex with that dagger, just like, yeah, right yeah, in he... Whitney's heart. Like, hey, Lana, I'm sorry about your date. And he's just like full on eye contact and he's not mincing words. And he means that shit. Like he wants yeah. Whitney to fuck hurt. So yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, like, he, he senses blood in the water there. Yeah. Yeah, because they come in and they're they're not really talking to each other, even though they're both hurt and whatever. And there's there's a like you can tell that they maybe were arguing, and Lex gets that, and he's just like, "Oh, where's Clark? Clark's not here. You're not with Clark. Okay, yeah, here's my opportunity to." And again, it's he's just like learning to manipulate people, and he wants to get that in there, and he definitely doesn't want Lana yeah. with Whitney. No, no. And Clark Clark takes a, a slightly different tack, like right at the very end of the episode too. But before that. Chloe is standing at the memorial for Jenna at the school, and she's like thinking about how it literally could have been her too, on that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then Clark is over at Lana's uh, locker, and they're talking about he he's sorry about you know the fact that he missed her. He got there after she had already left. Um, but then as she's walking away, he asks her why she's with Whitney. And then she just answers pretty simply that he's there when she needs him. He's there when she needs him and he makes her feel safe. Yeah. Uh, and then Clark is kind of standing in the hallway as it kind of empties of people. Oh and, yeah. And then uh, I can't remember what song was playing, but it, it basically starts the song. Like the, one of the first lines of the song is something about standing on your own being alone. <laughs> blah, like blah, blah. I was like, Jesus, I, I, always, I always think it's, if I could, then I would. Oh, that's was... like episode one or two. Like <laughs> yeah. that's the lighthouse song. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the thing is like, one. he's sitting there and he's talking to Lana and he's like, so, uh, what'd you tell Whitney? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, Oh, I told him the truth. We were hanging out. Uh, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, oh, but what did you, what did you tell him about us or something like that? And she's like, oh, I told him the truth that we're just friends. And it's like, oh, you know, the dagger that Whitney got from Lex, Lana just gave it right to you, Clark, right in the yeah. gut. Yeah. Just yeah. friends. Oh, man. Everybody loves those two words. Everybody loves them. We went, I'm not, I'm not went, bitter or angry. You went robot voice there for a second. Yeah, it's because I'm I've killed all the emotion <laughs> in my <laughs> in my soul. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I think that's yeah, that's the credits. That's uh, the end. That is the end of the episode. Uh, okay, so we're not like ranking episodes or anything, but like overall, what did you think? I thought it was pretty good. Um, like the, I think some of the effects work was really bad. And explaining, uh, like, Sean had no motivation for doing the things he was doing other than, yeah, just to keep warm. And so from that point of view, it's not great. And it might actually be one of the weakest episodes we've we've seen since, uh, since the start of the project. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think, I think it is uh, overall pretty weak. I think this is like monster of the week by the numbers. Uh, As far as Smallville goes, this is like totally middle ground of Smallville. And you'll see there's a bunch of these episodes. There's, yeah, there's a lot of episodes that you can watch and kind of enjoy fine, but they do not stand up to any scrutiny whatsoever. Yeah, I I think the best thing about this episode is, um, like I said, I, I really love, there's not a ton of character development, but the seeds being planted in, uh, uh, about Lex's character. About how he is like, oh, I want to do good, but I'm going to do bad. So, like, I want to do good for Clark, but I'm going to interfere in a relationship that I have no right interfering in. Like, it's just this Lex learning to manipulate is just fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I guess this is a good enough time to uh, give a shout out to everyone or well just uh, give like a little plug to everybody me and uh, Paul were looking at uh, like advertising and monetization options for the show uh, unfortunately the service that we're on uh, restricts monetization to the United States so we are stuck with Patreon not that we have any problems with Patreon we love it we uh, uh, support one or two people on Patreon ourselves and we have our own little p- Patreon 
So if you want to look yeah. it up, it's it's uh, all of our social media links are in the uh, show descriptions. Uh, they're also on the main page at anchor.fm slash save us. Um, and uh, again, you can find us at Twitter uh, or on Twitter at save us pod. So if you guys want to find us and dig around, that's there. If you want to support us on Patreon, that would be great. We're not asking for really anything or even a lot at this point in time. We don't have a lot of Patreon exclusive offers. We're brainstorming those. We've been discussing them a lot behind the scenes. Um, yeah, we, we, we have things coming. We want to do a lot of exclusive episodes, uh, for subs. And I would assume we're going to do like $1 Patreon subscribers would get access to, uh, maybe even early access to the shows and and a lot of probably the exclusive stuff. When we start getting into the higher tiers, we're going to start looking at like uh, uh, stickers and T-shirts and coffee cups, like actual, actual physical merch. But we'll yeah. get there when we get there. At this point, we're just enjoy you guys listening, uh, following, liking, subscribing and sharing with your friends if you so feel. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think next week we have another episode. <laughs> we do have another episode next week because we're still in season one of like a nine or ten season series. Uh, yeah. So, Paul, what happens next week on Smallville? Well, next week on Smallville, we have an episode called Hourglass. And uh, the uh, the booklet description reads as follows. A plunge into kryptonite-infused waters. Nope. Oh, is that the same one? No. Nope. Oh, that's this one. Nope. That's this one. Actually, it's... Oh, no, it, it is the next same. one, too. Yes. <laughs> so, some more kryptonite-infused waters act like a fountain of youth for a retirement home resident who is restored to the murderous ways of his sinister past. A fortune teller foresees Lex in the Oval Office. I'm going to give a, a really weird cryptic hint here, and I want to see if any of our listeners can figure out what I'm talking about. The hint for next week's episode is small nipples that's small nipples if you can connect the dots let me know i want to see it i want to hear it in the comments small. Uh, you say small nipples and then you say connect the dots jesus oh, well, okay yeah there may be maybe the wrong words but i'll explain it to you uh, after because I, I was watching the episode and i was like holy shit small nipples and people aren't gonna get it they're not gonna get it unless you get it but that's it all right. Uh, okay. Gentlemen, my name is Steve. That's Paul. And until next time, somebody, somebody save us. Somebody save us.